the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. Have you ever asked yourself the question, who is Jesus or what does it mean to be saved? How about questions like, what is eternity? Or is there a real God and where is he when I'm really suffering? These are just some of the topics we explore every day on this program. In these challenging times, we believe that God's word is the source to all our answers. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us today. We're in John chapter 10. And in order to really understand John chapter 10, you have to know what's going on in John chapter 9. And in John chapter 9, Jesus heals a man that had been born blind. He'd been blind his whole life, and Jesus healed him. The Pharisees and the religious leaders condemn Jesus for healing a man born blind because he healed him on the Sabbath. And in their minds... If he was the Messiah, he would have never broken the Sabbath. Therefore, Jesus must not be the Messiah. And so this theological argument began in John chapter 9. Is Jesus the Messiah or is he not the Messiah? And they went back and forth. And finally, they brought the blind man to give witness. And they asked him, what did he think? Do you think he's the Messiah? And the blind man responded by saying, all I know is that I was blind and now I can see. And if you read John chapter 9 and you look at verse 34, they threw the blind guy out of the synagogue. And so Jesus in John chapter 10, that's the context, he uses an illustration He wants all those Pharisees to know that they don't get to decide who's in and who's out. They don't get to decide who's in church and who who can't come to church. He wants them to know that he is the fulfillment of those Old Testament scriptures, that he is the shepherd over all of Israel. And he tells this story in John chapter 10 in your Bibles, verse 2. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep, verse 3. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Verse 5, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from a stranger because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Verse 6, Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was talking about. Then we skip down to verse 11. Jesus said these words, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 12. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. 
Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. He says again in verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. There's four things you need to know about the good shepherd. Number one, write this down. He knows your name. Now, last week we talked about this. There were two kinds of uh, sheepfolds. One was out in the country. We talked about the one that was out in the country when they were out in the wilderness. But there's another sheepfold that's in the town. So when the shepherds came to town, they'd bring their flock and they would put it in one large sheep pen. There could have been four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different shepherds and all of their sheep in one large sheep pen. And there would be one watchman who would watch all of them while the shepherds would go in town. And so if you look at verse 3, the Bible says that the watchman, he's the one looking over all the sheep, he opens the gate for him, for the shepherd. And the sheep listen to his voice, and the Bible says that he calls his own sheep by what? By name. Every one of you in this room, God knows your name. He knows your first name. He knows your middle name. He knows your last name. He knows your maiden name. He even knows your nickname. He knows where you were born. He knows who your parents were. He knows your name. He knows, got the hairs on your head number. He knows all about you, including your idiosyncrasies and your habits and your tendencies and your distinct qualities. I want to ask you a question. How many of you, you're here today, not everybody gets in trouble, but some of you just, you tend to get in trouble all the time. You find trouble. If you're here today and you're that type of person, you just find trouble. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Let me tell you something. God knows who you are. (laughs) How many of you here today, it just hurts to walk? When you walk, you hurt. It's your knees, your back, your toe. How many of you, it hurts to walk? He knows your name. How many of you have a son or a granddaughter who went astray? They, they, they were raised in church. You taught them right, but they got caught up in the things of this world, and they're, they're off track. And right now, you, you are sitting here, and you have a son or a daughter or a grandson or a granddaughter who've left the faith, and they're walking down a path that they should not be walking. How many of, how many of you, that's, that's who you are right now? God knows your name. How many of you need a miracle right now in your life. You just need a miracle. You need God to show up right now. He knows who you are. And my last question, how many of you wrestle with some sin? It might be fear. It might be doubt. It might be an addiction. It it, it could be something that you're tempted. But right now, you're, you're battling. It's about, you think you're about to lose this battle. But how many of you are wrestling with some sin in your life? You'd admit that right now. God knows your name. I want to show you this quote. Pay attention to it. It says that Satan knows your name, and he calls you by your sin. But God knows your sin, and he calls you by your name. The Bible says in Psalm 147, verse 4, that he determines the number of stars and he calls each of them by name. 
in our one galaxy, our little tiny itsy-bitsy galaxy called the Milky Way, there are some 200 billion stars in our galaxy. But they tell us that there are, there's a rough estimate that there are perhaps as many as 10 trillion galaxies. We don't even know how many galaxies there are. And in every one of those galaxies and in every one of those stars, God knows every star and he knows the name of every star. And he knows every person in this room and he knows every name of every person in this room. Number two, write this down. He leads his flock by his example. The Bible says that he calls his own sheep by name and then he leads them out. And this is very important for us to understand that Jesus leads by example. When he called his very first disciples, his very first words were, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He's not a leader that stands off to the side and begins to bark and yell instructions. That's not the type of leader he is. He's a leader that comes in amongst you. He he gets in your midst, and you get used to him, and you understand that he's there to help you. You understand that he's there because he cares for you. He, He could be anywhere else, but he chooses to be around you. And then one day, he says to you, hey, come follow me. And I will show you how to get through any problem that you're facing today. Jesus never asked you to do anything that he did not first do himself. He never asked you to love your neighbor as yourself until he first came to love this entire world. He never asked you to give. He never asked you to give until he first came and was willing to give everything he had on your behalf, even his very self. He never asked you to forgive unless he first came to forgive. On the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He never asked you to be obedient until he first came to be obedient to his heavenly Father. Read John chapter 17. It's just a few chapters away. The whole chapter writes, he's a prayer that Jesus is praying about how he came to this earth to bring glory to his Father by being obedient. And whenever Jesus leads you, a couple things, write this down. He will never lead you down the wrong path. He always leads you down the right path. If you hear him leading you, he's leading you down the right path. Amen? And the second thing, write this down. Whatever path that is, whatever he's leading you to do, you need to be obedient and to follow after him. I mean, just do whatever it is the Lord is calling you to do. He's the good shepherd. Amen? Just one quick verse, Matthew chapter 11, he says, Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your what? A yoke is a wooden uh, piece of equipment that's tied together, and it's two openings, and you would put that around the neck of oxen, and the oxen would plow the field. And Jesus looks at us and he says, you need to take my yoke upon you. In other words, he's already in there. You need to get in there and get your head in there and get yoked right, right there together next to Jesus. And we all fight. I don't, know if I, want to, I don't know if I want to go in there. Just get in there. And he will lead you every step of the way. Jesus will be with you. He will guide you. He will direct you. He will even do most of the work. And if you just trust in him, he will always lead you down the right path. And as it says there, you will find rest for your soul. It's better to be yoked to Jesus than to be out here doing whatever it is that you think that you want to be doing. 
He will always lead you down the path of righteousness. Point number three, write this down. The good shepherd, everybody say good shepherd. He has a personal relationship with his flock. The Bible says that the watchman opens up the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. I want you to write this down. The sheep recognize the shepherd's voice. Remember, they go in this pen and there's all kinds of sheep in there from all different kinds of shepherds. The good shepherd walks in there. He calls each sheep by name and he leads them out and they listen to his voice. All true believers hear the voice of God. It is a biblical principle. It's called prayer and Bible reading. Prayer is when you, the sheep, talk to the shepherd. And when you read God's Word, this is God's Word. This is the voice of God. This is God speaking to you. So again, the watchman, look at verse 3. The watchman, he goes, he opens the gate for the shepherd. The shepherd walks into that sheep pen with all these sheep. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls each sheep by name. And the Bible says that he leads them out. Now look at verse 4. When he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Verse 5. But they will never, ever follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from a stranger because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Skip down to verse 14. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. How is that possible for a sheep to recognize the shepherd's voice? Write this down. It's because they spend time with the good shepherd. They know the good shepherd. He said, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Now the word know is not a head knowledge. Like, I know LeBron James, but I've never met LeBron James. I don't really know him, but I know of him. I know Donald Trump. Well, I know of Donald Trump. Only thing I know of Donald Trump is what the media tells me and what he tweets. I'm not sure that the Russians haven't taken over his Twitter account and every tweet he tweets is coming from Russia. I don't know. (laughs) Never met the man. I know know Elton John. I've never met Elton John. I know Denzel Washington. Never met. I'd like to meet Denzel Washington. How many of you like to meet Denzel Washington? Oh, yeah. See if you can hook that up. I knew Coach Wooden. He was a friend of mine. I know Coach Wooden. Had a relationship with him. I know Manny Pacquiao. He's a friend of mine. I know Mark Jackson, who, NBA Hall of Famer, uh, played for the New York Knicks. He's a broadcaster now. He has a church right here in the San Fernando Valley. I'll text him. He'll be doing a broadcast on television. I'll text him, and he'll text me back during the game. I know many of you here today, some of you I only have a head knowledge, some of you I actually have a relationship with you. I can actually say I know know who that person is, now stay with me. 
The reason I recognize Jesus' voice is because I have a relationship with him. And the reason some of you don't recognize his voice is because you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You're not a Christian just because you give money. You can give all your money to the church. It doesn't mean you're a Christian. The only way you become a Christian is if you meet the shepherd and you know the shepherd and you know the shepherd and the shepherd knows you, then you're a Christian. And the problem is you have so many voices. Listen, I am convinced right now that Jesus is speaking to you this very moment. I'm also 100% convinced this very moment that Jesus is trying to lead you down the right path. I'm convinced of that. The question is, do you listen or are you, so, are you so full of the noise from the world that you can't hear his voice? You ever see the guy with the headphones on? He's over there, you know, he's like. And you're going, hey, mister, your house is on fire. And he's going. Why can't he hear the truth? Because he's over there, he's, got, he's listening to the world's music. He's watching the world's movies. He's going to the world's clubs. He's hanging out with the world, worldly people. He can't hear, that can't recognize the voice. He's got to, you got to, you got to, get, get that off. Get in a room, get you a Bible, turn the lights off, turn Instagram off, turn the television off, turn the internet off, get you a candle. And you start to read this book and you listen to the leading of God's Spirit and you'll hear the voice of God. You'll begin to understand God. You'll begin to build a relationship with the Good Shepherd. And as we close number four quickly, He willingly lays down His life. The Good Shepherd willingly. Everybody say willingly. He willingly lays down his life. Go back and read this text just just because we need to read it again. He says in verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And my sheep what? Verse 15, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Oh, I have other sheep. Not just in this fold. I got other sheep. What? Who, who, who are you talking about? Who's he talking about? Well, this whole text, he's talking to Jewish people. This whole thing is just to Jewish people. How many Jewish people we have? Raise your hand. We've, we have Jewish people in every service. Raise your hand if, you, if you're a Jewish person. Raise your hand. Okay. Let's thank the Lord for the Jewish people here today. This whole thing is for Jewish people. But he says these words in verse 16. He's talking about all you Gentiles. But he says to the Jewish people, remember the religious Pharisees were the ones, the religious leaders were the ones kicking the people out of the synagogue. And he goes, hey, wait a minute, let me tell you, I am the the true shepherd of this synagogue. I am the true shepherd of Israel. And then he says, oh, just so you know, I do have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. Who's he talking about? Gentiles. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, 
and there shall be one flock made up of Jews and Gentiles. One flock and one shepherd. The reason, verse 17, my father loves me is that I laid down my life only to do what? Oh, he's letting them know that one day he is going to die on a cross, but one day he's going to resurrect. They have no clue to what he's talking about. This is going right over their head. But we know because we're looking back on it, amen? Amen. I want you to picture this scene in Jerusalem. Everybody say Jerusalem. Jerusalem. You go back to Jerusalem at the time of Christ. There are literally shepherds from everywhere who've brought lambs. There's not like a hundred or a thousand. There's, there's a million, there are millions of lambs they've brought to Jerusalem. Why? Because of the sacrifices. Because Jewish people believed back in Jesus' day, you had to take a lamb and sacrifice the lamb to have your sins redeemed or your sins cleansed or, cleansed or forgiven. So imagine all the shepherds who bring all the sheep. All those little lambs are there to be slaughtered. And Jesus is telling them, I am a good shepherd. And the word good is not a word that means he's a moral man. Jesus was a moral man. But when he says, I'm a good shepherd, some of you think that means, well, he's a good guy. But the word good means heroic. He's a heroic shepherd. What do you mean by that? It means that all these shepherds here have brought these sheep here to be slaughtered for the sins of the people. But he says, I am a heroic shepherd because I am going to lay down my life and I'm going to die so that all the sheep might live. That's why he's the good, good shepherd. And he willingly goes to the cross The Bible says, I have a verse, he could have called 12 legions of angels. One legion is 6,000 angels. So if he had 12, you can write this down, that's 72,000 angels. He only needed one. Because we know in the Old Testament, don't get upset by this, this is why you got to read your Bible, you'll know stuff like this, you won't need me. But one angel in Isaiah killed, one angel killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. One angel. And he said, I have 72,000 angels at my disposal right now. I could come down off this cross. But I willingly, I willingly am going to the cross. Why would he willingly go to the cross? Because the good shepherd loves you. And he loves me. And again, he tells them, I'm going to die. None of you understand this. I have the authority to lay my life down, and I have the authority to, to raise it back up again. And he's predicting again the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We hope the message you just heard today from Pastor Dudley was a blessing to you. Isaiah 55:11 reminds us that the preaching of God's word never returns void. We want you to know we have phone counselors standing by and ready. If you are in need of prayer, our number is simple to dial. It's 888-818-4777. We know the enemy never rests, and his daily attack upon us remains constant. So please don't hesitate to call if you are alone and in need of someone to pray with. Our number again is 888-818-4777. 
If you would like more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, visit our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.